Hey everyone, welcome into the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere, and it's week nine. We're going to be talking waiver wires today. Tex, how's it going, man? It's good. It's good. Another Monday. And uh, it's weird because we're now officially halfway over with the fantasy football season because, uh, as you know, this was week eight. And uh, yeah, there's 16 weeks in the fantasy football season. So, I mean, things are coming to uh, it's like now we're at the top of the hill and it's on the ride down. And I know some people might get burnt out of fantasy football. But I mean, I was talking to one of our bosses earlier about it today saying that, you know, I believe that, you know, once the season comes to an end, people are gonna be like, man, I can't wait till we see preseason football you you can't wait to see backups playing football just because we missed the game uh, I know it's easy to get burnt out when you're not, when your team's not doing so well but uh, let's appreciate what we have while we have it absolutely hey by the way text there on Twitter at Bobby fantasy pro and at Mike Taglier NFL same handles for Instagram at Bobby fantasy pro at Mike Taglier NFL and you know text we both get a lot of questions especially on Monday after all the games but I keep seeing this one question come up time and time again this week. I was hoping you could just give us a clear answer so we can move on with the rest of the comment. Here's the question. Bobby, can you give us an update on the Beat the Experts contest? Did you beat Tags for the 89th straight time? I uh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't look at it. You t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You know what happened. So uh, I, I guess you guys can probably tell I, I beat Tags. Again, so I get to decide what tags is going to wear. Are you not even going to give me credit? What, what do you mean? You're not even going to give me credit and say that I, I lost by 1.2 points. Is that what it was? It was 1.5. Look at you trying to shave off the, the, the victory. I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to say it was really close. It's not like, oh, I stomped him. A loss is a loss. And you had the first pick in every single round. You had this huge advantage. It was Bengals. There was no such thing as a good pick. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, either way, you lost. I get to pick your Halloween costume for the live stream tomorrow on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy pros. I'm actually not going to be there to see it. I've got some dentist stuff I have to deal with or whatever. So I'm going to be missing the live stream instead of a podcast, I guess. So you're going to be doing it alone as, are you ready for tags? Napoleon Dynamite. How's that sound? Okay. Do you think you can make that work? I didn't want to like make you go to the store and buy like a unicorn horn or something like that. Like, I think you can probably craft this together from your house. I might have something. I might have something that I can make work. Awesome. <laughs> uh, are you, like, super relieved that it's not something really embarrassing? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in this in this instance where it's like I uh, I was expecting to do something a lot worse than this. So I-, I just remember this. If you ever beat me in one of these contests, if you ever do, I want you to remember this moment. Oh, I'll remember. I'll remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, here's what we're going to do, guys. We've got waivers, position by position. Uh, then we're going to play drop or keep, uh, just a lightning round of that. A lot of the guys we're getting question marks about. We're going to give you all some buy low, sell high trade targets. And then the end of the show, since it's a pretty weak waiver wire week, tags, I would imagine you'd agree. At the end of the show, we're going to be getting away from fantasy just a little bit. Since we're halfway through the NFL season as well, we're going to give our updated top Super Bowl contenders, maybe argue a little bit if Tags uh, likes one of the teams that I'm not as fond of. That should be a lot of fun. Before we get going, though, I did want to tell you all, we've got a contest. We're giving away a Julian Edelman signed Patriots helmet. You can check out the details at fantasypros.com slash contest. And the contest is going to end this Thursday night. So if you haven't entered already, you're going to want to enter now. All you have to do, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You send your screenshot of your review to contest at fantasypros.com. Again, you can check out the details at fantasypros.com slash contest. Tags, you ready to do this, man? I am as ready as I'll ever be. Who's your number one? I think we're probably going to disagree here because most people have Trey Carson there. I've got him number four on my list. I have Trey Carson as my number five running back. I don't want him. All right. Well, let's talk about Trey Carson first then, because everyone listening to the show was like, wait a second. 
This guy's the starting running back. You all told us it was going to be Ty Johnson. It was Trey Carson. So wouldn't we want to pick him up? What do you think, Tags? So I just want to say that there's no way that we could have predicted Trey Carson getting carries, uh, the, the carries that he did. Uh, he actually ranked third in the team in snaps. So, I mean, it's not sustainable. Uh, it's I don't want Trey Carson on my fantasy team. I really don't. And honestly, by the time that you're listening to this podcast, the Lions may have traded for a running back. They may have acquired one uh, who's off the street. There, There's plenty of names out there who are better than Trey Carson. I mean, unfortunately, this this stuff happens, right? Like Ty Johnson was a guy that was undrafted for a reason, and apparently the Lions don't feel great about him. Not that Carson is any better, or maybe he was a little bit banged up, and we just didn't know. I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's just ugly. It's an ugly scenario. I don't want Trey Carson off the waiver wire. Let someone else deal with that headache. Seriously, like it it's it, it's reminiscent of last weekend. No, I don't. And that offensive line is terrible. Like even looking outside of carry on Johnson, no running back has had much success running behind that offensive line. And even Carson last week in a good matchup, it wasn't good. So they have Oakland this week. Uh, Oakland has been a, a relatively good run defense, uh, despite losing their starting strong safety, despite losing one of their inside linebackers. They've actually been a good unit this year. So Trey Carson got 12 carries, even though he was third on the team in snaps from the running back position. And against the New York Giants, one of the worst five run defenses in the NFL, he went for 34 yards. He didn't get any targets in the passing game. At very best, this is a 50-50 split with Trey Carson in a bad running offense. I don't want that on my roster. I'd rather have Mark Walton. Yeah, I, Mark Walton is definitely above him on my list of, of priorities this week. So how high is Mark Walton this year, number one? I have Walton at number three, but it really does depend on uh, <laughs> a few things. Actually, uh, they're having they have a game tonight. Obviously, that that we we're coming we're commenting on Mark Walton before he plays this game. So, but he has totaled twelve and fifteen touches over the last two weeks. Uh, he's seemingly walking into that that's that Kenyon Drake role that was netting you know around that many touches. And as much as it sucks to own a Dolphins player, it it still comes with some value during bye weeks, especially you know in those precious running back slots. Uh, but if you don't need someone, let's say that your team has depth at the running back position and you're not necessarily worried about plugging him in through bye weeks if you like map out your schedule I think Rashad Penny is the best pickup and he's another one that I do believe that this this show is a little bit premature in the fact that Rashad Penny is reportedly being shopped by the Seahawks they're willing to deal him uh, for the right price and, and it makes sense considering Chris Carson and the success that he's had if, if Penny is traded it might be the Lions you know we could see that actually happen so I mean there's there's a few things that can happen I doubt that they tie the equity with him that they have him with on Johnson already but I mean there's there's some RB needy teams out there but even worst case scenario Rashad Penny is is probably the best handcuff in fantasy football on a team that runs the ball 30 plus times per game. So I just want to ask you this in case it does happen. Rashad Penny gets dealt to the Detroit Lions. 100% FM? Yes, he would be he would be a guy that I'd be willing to spend it all on. Uh, again, I just the reason I doubt it happening is because they'd be tied to two running back contracts, high round running back contracts and they're not a running team. Yeah, I mean, I think they would. I think they would like to be, but they don't have the offensive line to support it. But like looking at the teams that are even possible for him to land with, it's like it's kind of ugly, right? Because Arizona, we didn't talk about the news at the top of the show, but Kenyon Drake has been dealt to the uh, Arizona Cardinals from the Dolphins, and obviously that takes up one of the vacancies that we knew was available. I mean, the Bucks are not a contender this year. I, I I'm struggling to find the team that they trade Rashad Penny to, but it, it's possible. Yep, I would agree with that. We'll see what happens, and uh, we'll give our analysis probably on Twitter. If you don't already follow us on Twitter or even have a Twitter account, there's a lot of valuable information out there, not just with us. Follow a lot of the other fantasy football analysts that we have on this show all the time. You're going to get a lot of stuff 
at the time it happens as opposed to waiting for the shows to come out and then we break it down if the news isn't too stale. I want to go back to Mark Walton really quick because everyone's going to say Miami Dolphins, why would you want their running back? Guys, we're locked in for 15 touches, 60 yards every week. I mean, that's like Frank Gore and it doesn't feel good to start Frank Gore, but there's times where you need to start a Frank Gore and if you can't start a Frank Gore, guess what? You've got to pick up uh, Benny Snell and he's, oh, maybe he'll get 10 touches and if he gets 10 touches, maybe he'll be all right. You just want the guy who's going to get touches every single week. And if he's your RB4 and you can fill in during bye weeks and injuries, that's fine. That That's going to help you make the fantasy playoffs. It's not going to be a league winner or anything like that, like, you know, Rashad Penny would be. But this, this is the kind of guy that you need to fill out your roster because you can't pick him up anywhere. Yep, that's exactly how I feel about him. It's it's not sexy at all, believe me. And that's why I say if you don't really need a running back, I would gra- rather grab someone like Rashad Penny or Alexander Madison. For some reason, every time I write the waiver wire stash article that I do that comes out on Saturdays, Every time I'm looking through the ownership like percentages and I'm seeing that Alexander Madison's available in like 80% of leagues and I'm like, guys, fix this. I mean, come on. I mean, in games where Minnesota blows out teams, he obviously gets carries in those games. He's had double digit touches in multiple games. Uh, and, and if something happened to Dalvin Cook, this is a team that runs the ball. I think it's 54% of the time now. And he's really good too. Like yes. Madison would automatically jump into 20 touches per game in a great running offense. He'd be an RB1 every week. What Latavius Murray's doing right now, it would look like child's play with Alexander Madison. Yeah, Alexander Madison is like, you think about guys like Derrick Henry who are ranked as borderline RB1s most weeks because of the touches they're getting, and Madison has looked better. He plays behind a better offensive line uh, in terms of what they're doing, run blocking. Yeah, Madison would definitely be a low-end RB1 at minimum every single week. So I'm surprised you have Rashad Penny over Madison then. Can you talk that one through? Well, that's more like if, if Chris Carson were to go down, we would see Rashad Penny walk into that role. And it's like Carson is a guy that we're locking into 20 plus touches every single week. And the reason I have Penny over Madison is just because of the possibility that he's traded and he might have more than just handcuff value. Uh, if I if I were to know, you know, oh, he's not getting traded, I would say that Madison might be my number one. Chris Carson goes down tomorrow. Dalvin Cook goes down tomorrow. You'd rather have Alexander Madison, right? Yeah, I'd probably go Madison there. They're both like they're both 100% of fab guys, like the guys that you pay everything for. And that's why they should be rostered right now. What about if Zeke goes down? Would you rather have Pollard or Madison? I'm probably still going to go with Madison. I'm going Pollard, but it's really close between all three of these guys. I mean, these are the ultimate handcuffs, right? These three. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. And soon to be Kareem Hunt, too. Yeah, Kareem Hunt will definitely be in that conversation. And if he's available in your league, like obviously he's owned in more a higher percentage of the leagues that we talk about on the show. Uh, but if Kareem Hunt's available, I was someone telling people don't draft him. Uh, but now is the point where it's like, if you can pick him up, do it. So Tags, we talked about, uh, let's see, we talked about Rashad Penny, Alexander Madison. We touched on Tony Pollard. Trey Carson is one of the favorites. Mark Walton. We haven't even got to my number one yet. We'll do it on the flip side because I want to tell you a little bit about FanDuel right now. This season, there are more ways to win than ever on FanDuel because FanDuel has more ways to win cash prizes and once-in-a-lifetime experiences during every single game, every single week. If you've never played FanDuel Fantasy Football before, that's great because new users are going to get $20 in site credit if they deposit $20. So Tags and I do this DFS show on Thursdays. I'm already looking at DK Metcalf this week against the Bucks, And tags, you know Le'Veon Bell at Miami is an absolute lock. Look, fantasy football can be frustrating, guys. Maybe you spent your third-round pick on Kerryon Johnson, your fourth on Antonio Brown. Boom, season over, right? Who cares if you start Chase Edmonds in week eight? Get back on the horse in daily fantasy and build a totally different lineup. You can pick a new team every single week. It's more flexible because you're not limited to what you get in the draft when it falls to you. You can build whoever you want underneath the budget. 
Injuries and busts don't ruin your entire season, and you've got a chance to win millions of dollars. Sign up for FanDuel now and get $20 in total bonus. Just make your first deposit to get started, and you'll get an extra $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. Go to FanDuel.com slash FantasyPros or download the FanDuel app now. All right, Tag. So my number one running back is uh, Daryl Henderson. I mean, he was the lead back for the Rams this week. And I get it. They went up against the Bengals, so maybe they just didn't need to risk it with Todd Gurley. Game was actually closer than most people expected. Maybe they were resting Todd Gurley a little bit before the bye week so he gets an extra break. But there's also a scenario. There's something wrong with Todd Gurley, like with David Johnson when we thought, oh, this David Johnson thing, this Alvin Kamara thing, they're not very big deals. And then what do you know? Multi-week absences for both these guys. If Gurley's out multiple weeks, and we've got Daryl Henderson, the lead back in Sean McVay's offense. He's my number one. I'm taking a chance. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with Gurley. Like, I watched a lot of that game, and uh, Gurley looked fine. It was just a matter of, like, limiting him. And it's the reason that, like, I'm willing to sell Todd Gurley. Because, like, if you look at his game logs, a lot of people will look at the point score. They'll see that he scored six touchdowns in the last four games. And they'll say, ooh, ooh, Todd Gurley's back to being an RB1. I'm not of that mindset. I, I think this is going to be a timeshare for the remainder of the season. And the only reason Darrell Henderson is getting the touches that he is getting is because Malcolm Brown's been out the last two weeks. So uh, once Malcolm Brown comes back, this is going to be an ugly timeshare. Uh, Daryl Henderson hasn't done anything like that pops. You know what I mean? Like this, this offensive line looks terrible. It does. It's one of the, it's one of the bottom six or seven in the NFL. Yeah. They haven't looked good. And uh, like, Jared Goff has just been bad at football. <laughs> That's the best way I could put it. Jared Goff is like the best sell high in football right now. He just came off like the easiest quarterback schedule that you could possibly have. He has not been good over his last 16 games. He's thrown just 18 touchdowns. That's that's terrible in a Sean McVay led offense. So it's not as high a scoring offense as you would typically get uh, that you thought what, you know, like last year, last couple years, I should say, with the Rams. So I'm a little worried about it. Well, he was great behind a good offensive line last year, but when he didn't have a bat, a good offensive line as a rookie, he was awful and that's what we're looking at again he just has a lot of weapons a genius coach and uh, he's all right I, tags real question neutral team neutral coach neutral surrounding talent is Jared Goff a top 20 quarterback in the NFL? I say no. Hard no. Top 20, I would say yeah. Top 20 is, is I think he can get in that conversation. Top, If you said top 15, I'd probably say no. Uh, but top 20, I think he gets in there. I, I need to sit down and actually do that. But um, it's, it's like an exercise. You should. I did it the other day and I was like, let's see if I can list 19 guys. And I listed 25 and I was like, oh, wow, that's 25 guys. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if I'd get that high. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's clear that he needs an offensive line in front of him. He definitely does. Okay. So my number one, Daryl Henderson, you're not especially fond of this one. You're number one, Rashad Penny. How much fab would you spend to pick him up? It's only like an eight to 10% of fab right now. Unless, unless of course, like when you're listening to this, there's a trade that happens because the trade, if you guys don't know, the trade deadline in the NFL happens tomorrow. I think it's three o'clock or four o'clock Eastern time. And when you say tomorrow, that's Tuesday because we're recording this Monday afternoon. Correct. Yes. Any other running backs you want to talk about? Raheem Mostert, Matt Breed is banged up. Jeff Wilson is banged up. So Mostert's the number two. Uh, Jalen Samuels is back, but Benny Snell's still there. Um, JD McKissick, maybe Zach Zenner. No. <laughs> yeah. I would take Mostert over someone like Trey Carson, uh, just because Mostert, like if Matt Breida, they got, the guy's been fragile. Like we've known that. And I think that's the reason that Kyle Shanahan has been dialing back his touches, but Jeff Wilson's hurt. Matt Breida's hurt. And if for whatever reason that, you know, those guys miss this game on Thursday night, which seems pretty likely at this point, Raheem Mostert can give you some like, uh, sub in value because against Arizona, that should be a very winnable game for the 49ers. Uh, I know it's a divisional game, but, uh, yeah, Mostert is like that RB three flat play this week that you can kind of stick in uh, that's going to get like probably a dozen touches and um, he'll at least give you a floor in the running back spot if you if you're hurting with four teams on by you know I know he's the number three on this team 
but he's a really talented running back too. If this guy's getting a dozen touches, yeah, sign me up. I'm starting. Yeah, that, that, that's how I feel. Mostert is really good, and that offensive line is doing well despite missing their corner uh, tackles. Like I, I can't explain what the 49ers are doing right now, but what, whatever they're doing is working. So uh, kudos to them. Like I mean, the team just absolute dominance this weekend. Better defense, okay? Obviously, the Patriots are better than the 49ers defensively this year, but better defense. 2017 Jags that almost carried them to the Super Bowl. Or the 2019 49ers? The Jags. The Jags for sure. I would I would still say the Jags. I would say the bit. A lot of 49ers fans got really mad at me that I said this on Twitter the other day. I would say I would say that the Bears of last year were better than the 49ers too. I think so too, man. I, yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I mean, the, the 49ers haven't played anybody. Who's the best quarterback they've played? Have they faced? Jared Goff. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm saying. And he's a borderline top 20 quarterback. And that's that's basically where I'm at with it is that I, I do think San Francisco is a really good defense. Their pass rushes is, is phenomenal. Getting Bosa at number two. I said it all along. The Cardinals should have been taking Bosa at number one. He was the best player in the draft. So, I mean, I'm happy to see that work out for them. Uh, but again, the, the competition they've played to this point, it, again, I'm not taking anything away. It, it is it is impossible. And I hate the Rams so much that I'm just really happy someone's beating them. To be 7-0, like... It, it's not just luck. Like they are a good football team. They do have a talented defense, I should say, overall. But do I think they're an all-time great defense? No. That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. Let's go to the wide receiver position. And this is really up in the air. Kenny Stills was an obvious one last week. Besides that, it's always been, well, which of these four or five guys are you going to have number one? Tags, I'm really curious. Who do you have? I didn't have Stills number one last week. I told you guys that. Oh, yeah. You had. Uh, yeah, you don't need to talk about who it was. <laughs> <laughs> but Corey Davis didn't. Uh, but by the way, Corey Davis. Yeah, I, actually, you know what? Let's just admit our mistake. Corey Davis didn't have a good week. That I, I mean, I still think that he's going to be fine going forward. He's really talented, but it, it was a great matchup. Uh, it just didn't work out. Sometimes you're wrong. And I'm sorry when we are wrong, but um, you know, it, it does happen. Hopefully we can hit 65, 70% of the time. If we do, that's going to give you a humongous edge. No, I mean, it was, it was, it hurt last week for sure. Like with Corey Davis, but here's the, here's the thing. Corey Davis, like Dan, Dan asked me about it last night in the podcast. He's like, he's a drop tags, right? He's you're dropping him. And I'm like, uh, and he's like, no, you're dropping him. And he, and now that I've had a day to digest it, I've actually dug into him a little bit more and he only played 63% of the snaps. It was a season low. So I don't know if it was tied to the illness that he had uh, in the middle of the week last week. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. The good news on the six targets he saw, they amounted to 138 air yards, which is typically like that. That's usually an indicator of success. Like in, in terms of what they have available to them, it was easy easily the highest on the team no other titans uh player like receiver or tight end has totaled more than 56 air yards over the last four weeks to know that he saw 138 air yards that was a season high it was also the sixth highest among wide receivers in week eight that's an indicator of success like in you know the week before that he saw seven targets from Tannehill. i'm not giving up on Corey davis yet i'm not saying you have to start him but i'm not giving up on him knowing these facts by the way, a few guys who had more air yards in week eight. This is going to blow your mind. Auden Tate, who's top five in the NFL in red zone targets. He had 13 total targets last week, 171 air yards. He, we're not talking about him today because he's not available in 50 plus percent of leagues. If he's available in your league, he's the number one overall waiver wire pickup, regardless of position. Auden Tate is a great pickup. And also Josh Reynolds tags with Brandon Cooks going out. We're going to talk about him a little bit. Let's just do it now, I guess. He had 138 air yards with Brandon Cooks out. Now, obviously, this is a crowded wide receiver core. Uh, they've got Jared Goff throwing the balls. The offensive line's horrible, but 
Is this somebody that we can start every single week? I think he fills right in for Brandon Cooks. He's not quite as good, but that makes him what? A low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four? Well, they're on their bye this week. So basically, you're 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 anticipating Brandon Cooks missing multiple weeks, which is possible. Like the guy has suffered a lot of concussions throughout his career. Uh, it's possible, but I'm not, I don't feel the need to grab Josh Reynolds, to be honest with you. I know the air yards were there and, it, and we saw this last year when he kind of took over and he walked into that role when Cooper Cup went down. It's like, and then everything slowly faded as the year went on as Jared Goff kind of faded it was a matchup against the Bengals <laughs> I'm not going to take too much stock with a bunch of injured players too in their secondary yeah and so for me Josh Reynolds is like down the list like I don't I wouldn't pick him up how far how far down I've got him wide receiver 12 yeah I have him down at wide receiver 13 okay this is for wide receivers that are available in at least 50 percent of leagues not overall obviously <laughs> I just feel like I need to give that disclaimer <laughs> uh tags you're gonna like my number one you might argue with me but you'll be happy to hear me say it um, so there's a guy who was really good last year in terms of efficiency. He wasn't on the field all that much, um, but when he was, he was great. He played through multiple injuries and was still that good. And he didn't play at the start of the season for whatever reason. Maybe he was a little bit banged up. Maybe he wasn't performing as well, but now he's the number two wide receiver on his team in snaps. And he's been good over the last three weeks, 52 yards, 64 yards, 67 yards and tags. Anthony Miller gets a matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles, number 31 pass defense this week. He's my favorite waiver wire pickup at the wide receiver position. I don't have him anywhere close to the top, personally. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I think this is a, this is a one man band in Chicago. Like Miller, I have it my wide receiver nine, basically. Like I, I like Miller the player, but uh, Mitch Trubisky's he's a wide receiver three this week against Philly, though, right? I I'm not putting him there. Well, unwilling to do it. It's just been an unre- it's been an unreliable target share for him. And to, he went back to three targets last week, and that's that's concerning. Like he was trending in the right direction because in the in the previous two weeks he had I think 16 targets, and I was like I talked myself into it. I was like, okay, maybe Anthony Miller is actually happening, and. This offense just cannot support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers on a consistent basis, and I'm never going to say that it's not Allen Robinson because Allen Robinson is just a man. I mean, De- Desmond King was covering Anthony Miller last week, though, and he's one of the best slot cornerbacks in the game. He he has, and he still put up 67 yards. Desmond King has been not as good this year. I, I'm going to say I'm going to put the disclaimer there, but yes, it was probably a tougher matchup than Allen Robinson had, but. Going to Miller, like this week against the Eagles, the Eagles actually against slot receivers have not been bad. Um, Like where they've been burned a lot is on the perimeter. Ronald Darby, and I mean, he's back. He came back, but he hasn't been good this year. Uh, Jalen Mills is back out there, a guy that we targeted in DFS like nonstop. He's been a little up and down in his career, but I just, this all comes down to me. Can I ever put Anthony Miller in my lineup and trust him? This week. And that's the thing. I'm doing it. I can't do it. I would rather play Demarius (laughs) Thomas against Miami. Holy cow. Really? I thought I was the Demarius Thomas guy. I mean, he's been good lately. Yeah. I mean, getting a lot of targets. He gets Miami. He is. And Robbie Anderson might get traded. Yes. And Robbie Anderson. That's a great point. Tags. I might need to move him up my list a little bit. I had him at number eight. I mean, fortunately, before waivers happen in most leagues, which is Tuesday night, uh, we're going to know whether or not Robbie Anderson's still on the team. But Robbie Anderson has been like, first off, he's been lackadaisical. He looks like he's like has he runs routes with no purpose. Uh, he's like the anti Amari Cooper. Well, he's also gone up against Stephon Gilmore, AJ Boye, um, Stephon Gilmore again, Denzel Ward. I get it. But you still have to try. You have to run your routes. And like he's not doing that. Whereas like Sam Darnold is also struggling to throw the deep ball. He has he has the, the worst in the NFL. The worst deep ball accuracy in the NFL. I think he's completed two of 15 passes that have gone over 20 yards in the air. And that crushes guys like Robbie Anderson who aren't possession style receivers. So 
Demarius Thomas uh, against Miami, I, I I would prefer him over Anthony Miller this week. Hey, by the way, if you're a Jets fan and you're mad at Tags for saying anything bad about Sam Darnold, he's on Twitter at Mike Taglier NFL. I have no issue with Darnold. I think Darnold's going to be fine if they get rid of Adam Gase. If you have anything you want to say about Jared Goff, he's also on Twitter <laughs> at Mike Taglier NFL. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm used to the hate messages by now. It happens, man. You know, so I think uh, Anthony Miller has more upside long-term. I mean, we drafted him in the 10th, 11th round because of that upside. He was really good as a rookie. If you want a streamer this week, my favorite streamer tags is Danny Amendola at Oakland. Last two weeks, uh, eight receptions in each week, 105, 95 yards, and he gets Oakland to pass funnel defense. What do you think? Yeah, Oakland, I mean, it's a really good matchup. I mean, like looking at it, I just pulled it up so I can kind of reference it. They've played seven games now because they did already have their bye and they have allowed... 12 different wide receivers to finish his top 40 options. Um, so that's like nearly two per game that they're allowing. Uh, Danny Amendola, like with, with the run game, like being lackluster, I think that's a nice way of putting it. He's going to be the, the the means to move the ball. And, it, and it's very possible that he turns into like the golden Tate for Matthew Stafford. And we, we, we saw that role in the past where it may not have huge touchdown upside or anything like that. But during bye weeks in a PPR format, like someone like a Cole Beasley, Danny Amendola, those are guys that can get you through with, with a relatively high floor. And barring them signing a running back, which again, I do think is very possible this week, um, that is talented, more talented than what they have on the roster. Uh, Danny Amendola should be able to fill, like, I'm probably going to put him in the wide receiver four conversation this week. If Justin Jackson gets traded to the Lions, I am going to do like backflips on Instagram for sure. I would be so pumped up. Yeah. Apparently the, the, the Chargers are like willing to listen to offers from Melvin Gordon, but I don't think anybody's going to be paying that yeah i don't think so either they just need to trade justin jackson to make me happy obviously mike boone's not getting dealt in division from minnesota to detroit because minnesota knows he'd be like an absolute superstar but yeah maybe justin jackson will happen for me tags he would make more he would make more sense though because like that's something that the lions would be able to take on like it's, a, it's he was he was undrafted rookie so um i, I kind of like that one all right tags well, who's your number two wide receiver then well my number one has still yet to be talked about oh sure okay who is it <laughs> alan lazard He's leading the backers in snaps, man. I think he's their number two when Devontae Adams comes back. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm starting to feel. I, I talked about it last week on our uh, start or sit episode when I said Marquez Valdez-Scantling was not a must play. Like the guy had nine targets over the three games that Devontae Adams has been out. He only had two targets last night. There are so many things going on with Valdez-Scantling. Like he's slowly losing dynasty value. Like it's it's crippling right now. And and obviously he's he's falling out of favor, whereas Lazard is doing everything that Aaron Rodgers has asked him to do. <laughs> Rodgers is turning into Breeze somehow. I don't know what's happening here. Like he's targeting Aaron Jones a lot. Aaron Jones, two receiving touchdowns last night. Jamal Williams, a receiving touchdown last night. So, I mean, they exploited the Chiefs deep the weakness they, they, they did that phenomenally but uh alan lazard is someone knowing it's just this is a week where there's nothing sexy on the waiver wire that you feel like you have to go out and grab why not take the guy who could be aaron Rodgers' top target with Devonte adams out of the lineup and who knows how much longer that's going to be what, what do you think about hardman with the chiefs uh he did get in the end zone he is extraordinarily fast but again only two targets yeah, that's basically i i mean hardman is he's like right there with anthony miller for me where i we we saw I just don't know when you would ever play him. Like when would you feel confident playing him? Right. It's like you're just playing him looking for an upside receiver that could break one long play. That's essentially what you're doing. Like he's not seeing a whole lot of targets. He's the number three in this offense with Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill uh healthy. They still have Travis Kelsey obviously demanding targets. So we saw Chris Conley last year in a year that Patrick Mahomes is like breaking records. 
Chris Conley went on into nothing as the number three wide receiver in that offense. So uh, Hardman is just a boomer. He's like a Hail Mary option that you grab in like a fully desperation, just looking for upside. That's the type of player he is. All right, Tags. I've got a couple other streamers. So we talked about Danny Amendola, Anthony Miller against Philadelphia. We got Cole Beasley at home against Washington. He got in the end zone as well. Uh, Demarius Thomas, we already talked about. And then what do you think about Chris Conley against this banged up Houston secondary? They already had three guys hurt. They got another one hurt. J.J. Watts out for the season. I mean, this defense is absolutely falling apart. I think you can lock the Colts in for winning this division. Yeah, it's it's pretty ugly, man. Uh, and the Houston offense didn't look very good last week. I know We know that Deshaun Watson, over the course of his career, hasn't looked like the same quarterback without Will Fuller in the lineup. And Kiki QED got benched. He didn't even play a single snap, man. We don't know if it's disciplinary. They didn't announce it. Uh, they they asked. It, they said it was consistency. I think he was just being lazy out there, and the coach was like, "You're not playing unless you start playing better." Some people said it was it was a, po- a trade that was possible, but now that the the Texans came out and said that there's not going to be any moves from them, that they explored the options that they were going to. I don't know. It, it, it's really odd to see him not play snaps. <laughs> I mean, it, it it is what it is. But my concern here is that this is the second divisional game between these two teams, and those games are typically lower scoring than people want to believe. The game is also in London, which could have some you know weird effects uh the jags have been over there before but not with conley obviously so i mean the matchup is phenomenal 186 yards in the last two weeks by the way again the matchup is phenomenal like conley is someone that's he's moved up my rankings for sure uh but i think i'll tell you this if dd westbrook doesn't travel with the team to london then i'm going to move chris conley up my rankings quite a bit more because of his neck injury yeah he he was pulled from the game he only played 30 i think 30 or 32 snaps of like 74 or 76 available. So it was like less than half the snaps he played. He saw one target. Uh, it's clearly bothering him with their bye week coming uh, after this game. It's very likely that they just rest him. And if they rest him, Conley is probably going to move up my rankings into like wide receiver four territory. So who then who plays in the slot? Because we know the DJ Chark's playing outside. Keelan Cole's much better fit for the outside. Yeah, they, they kind of slotted them around. I, I looked at that actually. Marquise Lee's hurt again. I, I was already looking at that game and it seems like Keelan Cole and, and DJ Chark, for the matter, they're rotating him in the slot as well. So it's not like there's going to be one consistent slot receiver, but it's going to kind of be a rotation, which is probably the best thing. I love it when teams do that because it's like impossible to to like fall. You can't shadow everybody around the field, so you can kind of create the, the matchups that you want on the field. So but again, D.D. Westbrook, pay attention to the status of him because Chris Conley could be an excellent bye week filler. So, Tex, we already talked about the upside of Alan Lazard potentially being the number two for Green Bay, maybe the number one while Devontae Adams is out. I'm going to give you three other wide receiver names. You tell me which one has the most upside to be a wide receiver two or wide receiver three the rest of the season. A.J. Brown is playing a lot of snaps now for Tennessee. He didn't do jack squat last week. We got Preston Williams with maybe Devontae Parker being traded. Um, they're passing the ball a little bit better than they did at the start of the season. They get the Jets this week, which is not a very bad matchup. And then Deontay Johnson, uh, obviously we haven't seen him play this week, but uh, you would presume he's the number two wide receiver behind Juju. Uh, he gets Indianapolis next week. So AJ Brown, Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, do you like any of these guys as a potential weekly wide receiver three? Yeah, I mean, I would have it, the order I would have is Deontay Johnson, Preston Williams, then A.J. Brown. Complete opposite order for me, but they're all really close. Well, yeah, G- Johnson for me. So the thing is, is before the game tonight, uh, I wrote this in the primer, uh, is that since his promotion in the starting lineup, he has seen 22 targets in that, in, the, in that time, 16 receptions, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Juju Smith, during that same time, the exact same amount of targets, two fewer receptions, 
eight more yards, same amount of touchdowns. They're essentially the same player in this offense. Now, they're not the same player overall, and I expect... Mason Rudolph is back, by the way. Yeah, Rudolph is back, and that's obviously... That helps everybody, <laughs> um, but it, it's weird to say that because I don't think Mason Rudolph, <laughs> Rudolph is great, but he started taking a... I think he's better than Jared Goff. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go that <laughs> Definitely not going that far. Again, my Twitter handle is Mike Tagliere NFL. No, it's not. No, it's not. That's, that, that's a bad take. Uh, but Deontay Johnson is a guy that is clearly like one of the favorites. James Washington has kind of fallen out of favor, and uh, the matchup against Indianapolis, his own heavy scheme, they kind of... They kind of keep the play in front of them, and it's it's a matchup where Mason Rudolph should be able to complete a lot of his underneath passes that he kind of does. So I, I think he's probably the best one. Preston Williams against the Jets, not terrible. He's been seeing a high target share, obviously not amounting to much in that offense, but it is what it is. And then A.J. Brown, he's a guy that I want to get excited about, but I can't. Uh, he, like his, He only played 61% of the snaps this week. He has yet to play more than 39 snaps in a game. He's seeing, like he's, he's had one game with, I think, more than five targets. That's a problem, no matter who's throwing you the ball. I think he's got the most upside, though, because if those snaps and targets go up, he's a really good football player. He's the best football. Actually, I think Preston Williams is a better football player right now, but he's in Miami. I don't even, I don't think Preston Williams is a better football player than AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown's better. And I think they're both really dang good, man. I think Brown belongs in the starting lineup. This has nothing to do with my personal opinion on AJ Brown. Like if we're talking about in order of talent, AJ Brown would be the number one. Is he better than Tajay Sharp? Duh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's a really interesting tidbit about a a game this week because I've already done the research for this game. Adam Humphreys is going to be going like that's a game they're obviously playing uh, the Carolina Panthers. Humphreys last year was with the Bucks, so they obviously played the Panthers twice a year. Humphreys in those two games against them, eight catches for 82 yards and two touchdowns, and then seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. So it's like, I, I think to myself, I've never been an inside of an NFL meeting, you know, like talking about like the film sessions they have and stuff like that. Does Adam Humphreys walk into that meeting and say, guys, I know how to beat this defense. It's still the same defense under Ron Rivera. I, I know how to beat them. And, you know, even looking at it this year, Carolina has allowed quite a bit of uh, fantasy points to slot receivers. So Adam Humphreys might be like a sneaky start. I don't know if that's like better for the start or sit episode, but I just wanted to throw that in there. I like that one. Okay, we got a couple more wide receivers to talk about. But first, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Burrow. You guys are going to love Burrow. Tex, how much time did you spend in your couch yesterday watching football? I was planted for like five hours, man. Five? That's nothing, man. That's nothing. I I, I mean, if you want to include the time like before the game prepping and doing the live stream and all that stuff, I... Dude, Sundays, like, I, I, I kid you not, I am not even making this up. You guys can like laugh about it at home. I, there was a Sunday in my household where I looked at my iPhone and like the steps that you take. I think I took under 800 steps in one day. <laughs> it's football season, guys. We're all glued to our couch. And, uh, you know, if you have to be glued to your couch, you might as well glue yourself to the best couch out there, which is Burrow. With hours of couch time on your schedule, now is the perfect time to upgrade that lumpy old couch that you've been meaning to replace forever. Your Burrow sofa can handle even the rowdiest game time hang. With a Baltic birch frame and durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant. Burrow is totally customizable. You can pick your fabric color, leg finish, armrest style, and length. You can add a chase lounge or an ottoman or both. It's built in with USB chargers, so you can look at those game highlights for hours after without worrying about your phone dying. Burr sofas are easy to set up and easy to move, and you can always add or remove seats as needed. And Burrow offers free one-week shipping, so you can have your new sofa all set up by next week's games. This fantasy football season, don't settle for the same old couch. Settle into a comfy new Burrow sofa. Get $75 off a new sofa and free one-week shipping 
at burrow.com slash fantasy pros. That's B U R R O W.com slash fantasy pros for $75 off a new sofa. All right, Dag. So we talked about uh, Hardman. He had a, a big game because the, you know, the one big touchdown catch. There were two other guys who had big games. Darius Slayton had two touchdowns. This is somebody I really like as a football player. Now they're getting a lot of weapons back. So I think he's going to go away, but while he's playing, I think Slayton's a, a very good asset in fantasy football. And then Alex Erickson, uh, two straight weeks, eight for 137 last week, six for 97. What's going on here with these two guys, Tags? Yeah, I mean, Slayton had two big boy touchdowns. Like, they were great touchdown catches. Like, he, he went up and, like, they were fantastic. Uh, but at the same time, the targets just haven't been there for me to trust him. Daniel Jones is, he's looked more like a rookie uh, as the year goes on. I know that he had probably just his best game of the year in terms of statistical speaking. But, uh, yeah, Slayton just caught two balls in that game. So he's not, like, a massive part of the offense. Long term, could be something. Uh, but as for Alex Erickson, he's going to be moved out of the starting lineup as soon as A.J. Green comes back. And that they're expecting that to be once they come back from their bye. And that's the thing. Guys like Alex Erickson, you don't need to go to the waiver wire and pick them up and hold them through a bye week when you have enough bye week issues going on yourself. Uh, they're playing the, I think it's the Ravens when they come out of their bye. So that's not even going to be like a great matchup for this team. So, uh, yeah, I don't I don't feel the need to pick up Erickson. I would agree with that. All right, Tex, let's go to the quarterback position. There's actually some decent options this week. We have Gardner Minshew against that banged-up secondary in Houston that we already talked about. And Gardner Minshew's playing some great football. And then we have Sam Darnold against the Dolphins. Cam Newton coming back soon, I would imagine, is going to get his job back. How do you feel about these three? Do you have one favorite out of them? Uh, Cam Newton out this week. Um, they've already they've already ruled it. Uh, he is not playing. Uh, he's going to start rehabbing, and they said it's going to be a process with his rehab. So he's not playing this week. It's possible that it's next week, but uh, again, he's not there. So he's not someone I feel the need to pick up because like. And I don't know if you'd want to play him coming off the injury against Tennessee anyway. So yeah, well, I mean Tennessee, different defense with and without Adoree Jackson. Uh, we don't know if he's going to come back from his his foot injury or not because you saw what the Bucks did to that secondary. Minshew is the one that I would go with like so uh, that game is being played in London we have Jonathan Joseph and Bradley Roby the two starting cornerbacks for the Texans who are uh, both dealing with hamstring injuries and with their bye coming after this week traveling to London it's very likely that they just say you know what we're going to just kind of like mail this one in and uh, let them rest up through the bye week Uh, Lonnie Johnson is the other guy that was starting for them because of injuries and he got hurt in this game so they're missing so much in their secondary but even with even with their starters on the field they have been a terrible secondary and now knowing that they lost JJ Watt I mean this team is it's going to be brutal I mean it's there's no way to there's no other way to put it I mean you can go back to the game Minshew played against them earlier this year he only threw for 213 yards and a touchdown but he ran for 56 yards the only quarterback who has yet to score at least 18 fantasy points against the Texans was Kyle Allen that was it so I, I would definitely play uh, Gardner Minshew this week. He's a top 10 quarterback for me in my early rankings. I would imagine he'll definitely uh, be ending up sticking in the top 12 regardless of what happens this week. Um, what do you think about Sam Darnold? Can you play him even against the Dolphins? I, I can't put him in my top 15. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you could. And I'm not, I'm, I swear I'm not trolling, you know, 49ers and Rams and Jets fans. This is what I actually believe. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. I'm not coming against your team. I'm not coming against you. I just don't think Sam Darnold is that good at this stage in his career. I think he's good. I just don't think that the coaching is very good. But still, uh, if you have a quarterback like a Carson Wentz or a Kyler Murray, I would absolutely pick up Sam Darnold and play him over those guys this week. All right. What about uh, Derek Carr, who's been playing really well lately? John Gruden's rolling, by the way. They're getting over six 
yards per play so far this season. Top five in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, Carr has, <laughs> I talked about this in the show last night, is like, Carr has these games and you're like, okay, okay, and now we got a decent matchup against Detroit. We don't know if Darius Slay is coming back. A whole lot to like here, right? But then like when that happens, it's always like Derek Carr gives us the biggest letdown and you're like, oh, that's why I stopped trusting Derek Carr. Because like looking over the course of his career, I do I do a piece in the offseason that's called Boom Bust and everything in between. And if you've ever checked out that series, you could see like the highlights of, of Derek Carr's career and the fact that he's been so uh, feast or famine. Like, it, it, would it shock me if he finished as the number three fantasy quarterback this week? Nope. Would it surprise <laughs> me if he finished as the number 26 fantasy quarterback this week? Nope. So It's just like, that's what you get with him. So I would rather take a, a high floor option like a Minshew or a Darnold. Is, is Darius Slay going to be out for Detroit? I, that's that's the thing we don't know just yet I, w- I would I'd probably assume that he is going to be out but it because like they, they pushed him back from the injury before and this is like a you know when you whenever you re-injure something it's like they're probably going to be safer the second time around tags back-to-back strong weeks for Ryan Tannehill is this a real thing or was it just a product of the matchups I mean, the, the, the Chargers have been a better matchup for quarterbacks, but it wasn't a great matchup. He looked fantastic there, and he did everything. He did everything that they asked him to do against Tampa Bay. I know that the overall numbers, like, he, he threw for under 200 yards, I think it was, but he threw for three touchdowns. He did exactly what the team wanted him to do in that game, and they won the game. So, he, I think he is here to stay. I, I don't think that he's a guy. I don't think you can play him against Carolina. No, I don't want to play him against Carolina. It's weird. Carolina, like, their, their opponents are averaging so many plays per game, but against that pass rush, no way. I, I can't play Tannehill. Yeah, they've got so many sacks in the last month. It's absolutely crazy. Let's go to the tight end position. But first, uh, I want to talk about one of the sponsors of today's show. In fact, it's a new sponsor that I'm really excited about. So you guys know Tags. When it comes to clothes, he's all about being comfortable. Track suits are his game. And frankly, I'm the same way. I just want to be comfortable. So because of that, I don't tend to wear a collar unless I absolutely have to. But folks, our new sponsor, Paul Frederick, gave us the comfort we are after and made us look great. Tex and I wear dull colors. At least I do. I don't know about you, Tex. Just so I hope no one notices my clothes because I just want to be comfortable. But yesterday at church, I wore my new Paul Frederick shirt. I rocked the new yellow, maroon, and blue shirt. And I kid you not, a handful of people stopped to tell me how much they love my shirt. And it felt good, man. What color did you go with? What'd your wife think? That's pretty awesome. I have like this purple. Uh, and, and it was weird because like we told up our styles and they were like, you like, venture out and explore some different styles. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll try it. And it's funny because we went out with some friends on Friday night and they were like, tags, like what's going on with your outfit? This doesn't look like you. And I'm like, well, we have a new sponsor. And they're like, you don't even need to tell me anymore. It just, it didn't, it looked opposite of what you would usually wear, you know, out to eat. And uh, it looks good. And they, they actually told me they commented complimented the shirt. And what most people don't know is that I used to be in finance, so I had to wear a suit every day. So now that when I'm able to dress comfortably, I do, but I have worn a lot of dress shirts and I can say that these shirts were like extremely soft that I didn't feel like it almost didn't feel like a dress shirt as I had it on. It was extraordinarily soft. I was really surprised. Like they told us it was going to be really comfortable. And I was like, okay, let's see. It's got a color. It was awesome, man. Paul Frederick, they've been making dress shirts for over 30 years and the shirts are pretty darn good. Paul Frederick is about interesting colors and patterns and details that elevate your wardrobe for work. We believe that when you wear a new color or something a little different, it lifts your spirits. People notice, and like I said, that feels good. Visit paulfrederick.com slash fantasypros to receive $50 off any shirt. Again, that's paulfrederick.com slash fantasypros to receive $50 off any shirt. There's four guys this week I like a lot. Dallas Goddard is still playing a ton over the last four, five, five weeks. 
He has more fantasy points than Zach Ertz over the last five weeks, Tags. It's dumb. Uh, it's so dumb. Like, Why? D- Dallas Goddard's really good at football, and he's finally playing. I know, but it's all about, like, I- I'm all about predictability and, like, playing the percentages. And Zach Ertz, like, if you were to go back to the start of the year and say that Zach Ertz would be number two in targets among tight ends through eight weeks and that Carson Wentz is healthy you'd have no concerns about it, right? And so it's like, we have to anticipate like that there's going to be some positive regression to the mean with him. So Goddard, he's still playing like a two, I want to say two thirds of the snaps that, that Ertz is. So he's still- He's playing more snaps per week than Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is the top eight fantasy football tight end. So if you can get Dallas Goddard, a much better athlete, a much better football player than, than Mark Andrews playing more snaps. But he's the number two tight end though. Right, but he's still playing all those snaps, man. And he's still getting a bunch of red zone targets. I think he's a start this week against Chicago. I do not. I, I actually would say that he's, is, I would go as far to say I'm locking this in as him as a sit. Like uh, Zach Ertz is going to have trouble producing against the Bears. The Bears starting back, going back to the start of last year, they've allowed just one tight end to finish with more than 49 yards against them. And that was George Kittle who saw 12 targets in that game. So I don't like either of them this week. Like Ertz is the one who's obviously I'm going to, I'm going to recommend playing over the other, but uh, one player, I mean, Jonu Smith is, is a guy that I think is going to get extended playing time because that I read on it last week. He's really good too. He's just a young Delaney Walker. I talked about that last week. When I watched the tape, I fell in love with him. He's good. He's a wide receiver playing tight end. A lot of people liked him coming out of the draft and it was just like more of like him getting the opportunity and to know that he caught six or seven balls from uh, Tannehill this week. He looked really good. It was Tampa Bay, but Carolina is another good matchup for tight ends on a, on a per target basis. They're one of the, the least efficient teams in the NFL. So Jonu Smith is someone that if you're looking for a streamer this week, I would pick up Jonu Smith over Dallas Goddard. I think I would agree with that if Delaney Walker's out. Uh, let me ask you this, though, Tags. Would you rather play against, if you're a tight end, Miami, Kansas City, or Chicago? Miami? You would think, right? Chicago's given up more fantasy points per game to tight ends than either of those. Chicago's given up 7.8 points per game to tight ends. That's that's more than Washington, Miami, Kansas City. Kansas City has allowed 13 PPR points per game to tight ends. The Bears have allowed th- all 13.1. Oh, man. Can you believe that? It's ugly. When I saw that, it absolutely shocked me because I was like, I'm looking at the matchup against Chicago and it's glowing green. I'm like, what in the world? This isn't a good matchup, is it? And I went to look and I was like, okay, I'll rank him in my top 12. I still don't think it's a good matchup. I mean, the Bears, again, like that that yardage is what I look for. I look for yards per target against tight ends. Like that's like the biggest determining factor for me and like a per target basis because competition as we know if you- I mean it's a little bit of a funnel though like sure they would be great at defending tight ends if that was their focus but like they're so good at defending the outside that teams have to pass to the tight end so why is there only one tight end who's reached 50 yards against them in, in the last 23 games then that's my question it's a good question what do you think about Darren Fells I just did my rest of the season rankings updated them and Darren Fells is all of a sudden in my top 12 because he just keeps getting red zone targets He's not a great receiver, but what is he, 33 years old? This is his breakout season, (laughs) but he's been getting it done, man. Like, I don't know what to do. I can't can't recommend sitting him 16, 16, 13, 24 fantasy points in uh, four of the last six weeks. He's in a timeshare, and that's the reason I can't like. He is, but they're both good because Deshaun Watson's good. Right, but Watson has sucked against Jacksonville. Like, so that's like a legit thing. Like, I look through it. So he's played four games against them in his career. He's thrown zero touchdowns in two of those games. He's thrown one touchdown in the other two. Wow. Again, Watson, <laughs> I, I know that those games were with Jalen Ramsey and things change, obviously, with that. But it's it's it hasn't been a very good matchup for them. And uh, and, not, and again, going out to London, there's like a lot of, a lot of factors that go into this game that like really 
make me feel not great about it in terms of like it being high scoring. I don't see it happening. It's it's the second meeting between these two teams. The Houston defense is terrible, which that's like your hope, right? Is that they allow tons of points and they have to throw the ball a whole lot. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's it's tough for me with him. It's again, it's a timeshare, not a whole lot of targets. Jacksonville's not a bad matchup. It, it's a it's a matchup that you can play tight ends against, but. He's had, I think, two targets in two of the last three games, and that's like the biggest concern for me is that, point. that low floor. But yeah, if, if Chris Herndon plays, if he finally gets on the field, I think that I'd probably play him over a lot of these guys, though, because Herndon. Yeah, if we knew he was playing, I think I'd play him over Fells against uh, Jacksonville. Um, I, I mean, I think I'd pick him up over Jonu Smith just because of the long-term upside. I think Dallas Goddard has a lot more upside because imagine Zach Ertz gets hurt. Dallas Goddard's all of a sudden a top three or four tight end. Or traded. Because if Zach Ertz, I mean. Yeah, if Zach Ertz gets traded, that's a great point. I joked on Twitter and so many people come at me with like so much hate. And I'm like, guys, calm down. I just brought up a, a friggin' hypothetical. Uh, it was it was asking. Can we, can we have a little bit of fun or do we always have to give like robotic analysis yeah that's how i felt and like so i i said i said who said like who, who wins this trade and like what you think because i said zach Ertz to the cardinals for uh patrick peterson and uh and it, it would satisfy a need for both teams and some people are like why would they do that they don't even use the tight end i'm like it's almost like uh talent matters and it dictates how you're going to use a player because i mean when you have charles clay of course you're not going to use a tight end i'm writing a note right now write a pretend trade tweet and uh, I'm going to have fun. We'll see how much hate I get and how many people I mute on Twitter. Tags, let's go to uh, DST for week nine. These are players who are owned in less than 50% of leagues. You need a streamer. Who are you going with? Oh, man. it's so I, I hate doing this because it's so early in the week. I mean, you can kind of hedge your interest because I know you're rooting for Chicago against Philly. But let's say Trubisky has a horrible game. At least you then have Philadelphia. Yes, they're they're a great play. They're they're one of the teams that I put in my weekend stash article because they were playing the Bears. Uh, but the Jets are the team that I would go for. They just traded away Leonard Williams, so that kind of like hurts it a little bit um, because they their pass rush. I mean, they haven't totaled very many sacks, but against Miami, uh, that's a team that has allowed three or more sacks in five of six games. They've had multiple turnovers in four of six games. Again, that's not including tonight's game because we don't know. And they've only scored more than 10 points twice all year. So it's, it seems like it should be a high floor, you know, high ceiling option. So I've, I've got them in my top five defenses this week. And then next week they get the Giants. The week after that, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami. You can play them for six straight weeks. Again, I don't if they're unloading their talent, I don't know if I want to do it. But uh but for this week against Miami, I think you if you stream the defense against Miami every week, you're probably doing pretty well. So Philadelphia against the Bears are a good one as well. I would agree. I would definitely go with uh the Jets against Miami as my number one. Uh, and then what do you think about Cleveland against Denver? It sounds like Joe Flacco is going to be out in this one. Uh, Dallas against the Giants is available. And uh, Green Bay at the Chargers. There's a lot of options this week. Yeah, the, the, there there is for sure. And like with Flacco going out, that's definitely something I would look at uh, because uh, Lock is not, Drew Locke is not even ready to play. So, I mean, they're they're really struggling at quarterback right now. And I wonder if like Flacco's like, neck injury is going to cause him maybe on the IR. I wonder if it has to do with his like uh, comments after the game because like he, he came out and was very, very, very critical. <laughs> it was awesome because Joe Flacco's like so mild mannered and he's like, I'm sick of this, man. We've got two wins and we're playing like a bunch of losers. Yeah, basically like, like we're playing with like, we have no guts and like and it was it was the real it was real talk though like i i actually appreciated listening to it because he was like real in it and like he he's like what do we have to lose guys we're, we're two and six i mean this is a guy who knows how to win how many losing seasons does he have when he plays a full year 
He has not had one losing season his entire career. Well, I mean, it helps that you played for Harbaugh with the Ravens defense, but well, absolutely, yeah. But he is a veteran, and I'm, I'm happy he spoke up. I, I'm not, I'm not a big Joe Flacco guy, but I thought that that was, I thought he was right on the money with that speech. I would agree with that. Okay, so we talked about the DST streamers. Um, we're going to start off first with Dropper Keep. These are players who are owned in. You know, 50 to 70% of leagues, we're getting a lot of questions about them. You already answered Corey Davis. We're both keeping him. What about Robbie Anderson? Well, I mean, it's tough to say with like what's going on right now. Their schedule is getting so light. I'm going to say keep. I'm saying keep as well. Marquise Brown, questionable until the end of eternity. The, the Patriots and then the Bengals. So I'm, I'm going to keep him too. I'm keeping him too. Sterling Shepard. Drop. Drop. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm dropping him too. I think he's droppable. Curtis Samuel. I've been getting a lot of questions about him. Keep. I'm keeping Curtis Samuel as well. Let's go two more wide receivers here. Uh, Philip Dorsett. I will keep him. I'm dropping him. Oh. Josh Gordon. <laughs> I guess it's a drop. <laughs> I mean, we don't know if he's going to play. I mean, I know it's like there's like a lot of crazy stuff going on with him right now, but. I'd keep him one more week. Let's just find out what happens. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea. I mean, if you need someone, I guess you can go ahead and drop him. I don't think he would probably be picked up in your league, but. Um, okay. Devin Singletary, the clear backup in Buffalo still. Oh, I'm going to go keep. I'm still keeping him. Again, the running back position is just so ugly, but uh, the reason I'm going to keep, he played like a lot more snaps than Frank Gore this week. Uh, I know the touch totals don't indicate that. Singletary got in the end zone again too, man. Yeah, I I, I would say keep Singletary. All right. What about uh, Tariq Cohen? Keep. Keep. He's actually a play this week. I would agree with that. I think he's a play most weeks. Ty Johnson. We keeping him? <laughs> <laughs> nobody ever nobody's actually laughing except for us tags like i feel so bad about this but again like what were we supposed to do i picked him up in a few leagues so it's me too like i spent 60 fab bucks on him man there is nothing you could do sometimes like you like again there's nobody that could have predicted that this would happen (laughs) uh we now the thing is that the truth of the matter is we could have said well we've never really seen him in a workhorse role we don't know if they're going to trust him in that role but it was like a totally opposite scenario of that it wasn't even i think we did yeah so I, i think you could drop him honestly I don't think you could ever start him, like, confidently. Sure. Yeah, I mean. This was against the Giants. This was supposed to be the week that you were going to use him for, you know? Right. Chase Edmonds. Now that Kenyon Drake's there. Uh, Chase Edmonds. I mean, he, I'd, I'd say he's droppable because by the time he's ready to come back, David Johnson's probably going to be back and Kenyon Drake's a better running back than him. Frank Gore. Uh, he's droppable. I'd rather have I'd rather have a high-end handcuff. Ronald Jones. <sighs> droppable, man. I think so too. All right, man. And as always, if you've got a second quarterback or tight end, what are you doing? Drop them. Pick up Alexander Madison, Tony Pollard, Rashad Penny, Kareem Hunt. Pick up one of these high-end backups. Uh, Okay, Tags, we're going to go with rest of the season rankings. I'm pulling that up right now. And we're going to talk buy low, sell high. Do you have someone you would like to buy low right now? Someone I would like to buy low. I mean, as much as I I hate saying it, Le'Veon Bell. I mentioned it on the podcast last night is that if you look at the upcoming schedule for the Jets, it's it's going to be really hard for them not to produce. Uh, they, they, they're going to play against the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Raiders, the Bengals, and then the Dolphins again. I, I cannot begin to like if you were to chalk up a dream schedule for a running back, this would probably be it. And uh, that second matchup with the Dolphins is the first week of the fantasy playoffs. And And by the way, if for whatever reason the Jets are winning that game, which they're probably going to be favored in both those games, if they're winning those games, do you think Adam Gase is going to take his foot off the throttle against his former team? Gase is definitely not the type to do that. Like he's he's he he does not care. So I I know it's been frustrating for Le'Veon Bell, and believe me when I say that 
some people told me they're like, oh, I bought I bought low on Bell. I gave up Chubb for him. I'm like, why would you do that? Don't do like Aaron Jones. I'm like, don't do that. Um, I'm like, the idea is to buy low, right? Like if you can get him for someone like Todd Gurley, I would do that. All right, Tag. So last four weeks, this is my guy to pick up, by the way. Um, he hasn't gotten the end zone all season. Last two weeks, he went up against Tennessee and Chicago. Very good defenses, 47 yards, 69 yards. But in the last four weeks, he leads the NFL in air yards. He has more targets, receptions, receiving yards than Keenan Allen. Tags, he might be the number one wide receiver for the Chargers. Mike Williams right now, you can get him for pennies. I was actually saying that he's like someone I would like. If you're in a sharp league and people are thinking they're going to buy low, I'm actually selling Mike Williams. Why? Because eventually he's going to lose trust in Phillip Rivers because Phillip Rivers has targeted him a lot. And I, I watched it and he has five drops over the last six games. And th- like, that's not even including the drops that are like almost drops. Like he has dropped so many contested catches that he should have won. Like the, he was the, the guy they brought him in to be, he's just not being that guy. And I understand that there's, there's upside with Mike Williams, but there's also some severe downside if Phillip Rivers decided to start looking somewhere else. So where is he going to look? Keenan Allen is banged up. They've got uh, Jason Moore of the Fantasy Footballers podcast, Travis Benjamin, um, Jeremy Davis, spelled like Germany, the country. Uh, who is he going to pass to? I mean, Hunter Henry. <laughs> I think that would be the best one. That's, I guess, my best guess. <laughs> okay. Let's go with a sell high. Who are you selling? I am going to, uh, I mean, it's funny because I was actually going to say that Mike Williams, but I'm going to go over, <laughs> I'm going to go over and say that Miles Sanders is someone I would sell knowing that his, uh, his shoulder is checked out and they're saying that he's not going to miss any time. He would be someone that I would look to sell right now. Uh, he's had six, nine, and then six touches over the last three weeks. Uh, he has had production, which could lead people to think that, that there's a breakout coming, but his snaps are just not there. And Jordan Howard's doing fine in the role they ask him to do. Like Jordan Howard's not the reason they're losing football games. So I, I just don't see this becoming like his backfield like we thought it might, you know, at some point. Who's coming back after their bye week in week 10? Everyone in your league thinks it's Alvin Kamara coming back against the Atlanta Falcons. He's going to be back, sure. And everyone's real excited, so you can sell him for a bunch. But I tell you what, when he comes back, it's not the Alvin Kamara show anymore. It's the Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray show. Latavius Murray's getting that that Mark Ingram workload. I mean, he he should have all along, to be fair. And I, I don't think that the Saints ever wanted it to go away from that. I just think that like losing Breeze as fast as they did, we never got to see this backfield for what it was going to be. And Latavius Murray has proved his worth. He's he's proved that he's better than Mark Ingram. Like watching Latavius Murray run behind this offensive line is a thing of beauty. And it's like, you know, he works hard for those extra yards just like Mark Ingram did. But Latavius is more nimble in a way. Uh, I like Latavius Murray more than I do Mark Ingram in terms of like running styles. Me too. And he can catch the ball too. Yeah, I mean. Who knew? Yeah, Ingram can catch as well, but Latavius Murray is, is just, he's very competent in that role as well. But Kamara is still going to be in the same role that he was with Mark Ingram, which is still highly, highly valuable with Drew Brees. And, you know, it's kind of going back to the start of the year when we both liked Latavius Murray as like a RB3 flex option that you could play alongside of Kamara in lineups if you wanted to. And uh, it's good to see, you know, him succeed with Drew Brees on the field. Who would you rather have, Alvin Kamara or Aaron Jones? Kamara. I think so too. It's pretty close for me. I would also say it's pretty close with Le'Veon Bell and Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson. They're all kind of in that range together. All right, Tex. So now we're going to talk Super Bowl contenders. We're out of the fantasy. We just get to have a little bit of fun here. And I wanted to ask you about the 49ers. 
are they the favorite in the NFC in your mind? No, I would still say the Saints are the favorite uh, with the way the defense has kind of turned things around and kind of like I expected them to. And now Drew Brees back. Yeah, this team has been built to win and knowing that they were undefeated with Teddy Bridgewater under center, like that's that's a huge step uh, for them. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, the Saints are my, they're, they're the team to beat for me in the NFC. Okay, would you have them over the Patriots? No, I... Uh... <laughs> On me either, man. I don't even think it's close. I think the difference between the Patriots and my number two, the Saints, is bigger than the difference between numbers two and number seven, number eight. Mm, I don't know if it's that great. I would say the I would say the Patriots are a forty percent chance to win the Super Bowl. I mean, I had the Patriots Saints in the Super Bowl as my prediction. I I I I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am done done betting against Tom Brady. Not going to do it. I will. I refuse to do it. And knowing that the Patriots are doing what they're doing and like they're legitimately just not letting up on opponents either. They're not just like beating them in close games. Like there was one close game this year. It was against the Bills and, the, and it was that game was in Buffalo. Buffalo is a really tough defense, a divisional game. There's a lot of reasons that could have been a, a close game, but to know they've outscored opponents 250 to 61. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That's like when you put put Madden on like the lowest setting and you're just cruising as a kid thinking it's a lot of fun to beat up on teams. It's not even fun to watch the Patriots anymore. You know exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be a stomp fest every single game. And that's why actually Tom Brady to me is someone that you can buy in fantasy football because like there's a lot of people like us that that were like, oh, Tom Brady might be good in real life, but he's not someone you want to draft in, in fantasy. That's that's something a lot of fantasy analysts said this offseason, including myself. And uh, knowing that they're averaging like 40 pass attempts per game. Like Tom Brady is someone that I definitely want to be associated with in fantasy football. Agree. And they can't run the ball very much because their fullbacks hurt and their offensive line is just not all that good, believe it or not, even though they're just stomping teams. Okay, so Tex, we got number one and number two, the same Patriots and then Saints. Who are you going with at number three? You going with the 49ers? You going with the Chiefs once Patrick Mahomes gets back? Aaron Rodgers is rolling with Green Bay in that defense. Who do you like? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Chiefs uh, just because like when Mahomes comes back, that that's obviously a different team. Andy Reid's been there. And they don't have to go through the the grind of the NFC playoffs. Exactly. I think I, that, that's the thing is like, I think a lot of people would have chalked it up and saying, oh, I mean, it's for sure going to be the Patriots and the Chiefs in the AFC championship game. And that's why it's easy for me to say that. Whereas the NFC is a little bit more difficult, like the, the Packers and the 49ers, that should be a good matchup between those two teams. The Cowboys have been really hit or miss. The Eagles, I mean, they, they have not shown the ability to be a Super Bowl team. We've talked about Jared Goff and how he's not very good. I think Russell Wilson uh, and the Seahawks always need to be considered because it's like they're always in that hunt. I think the Packers are the second best team in the NFC. I think the Vikings are the third best team in the NFC. Whether or not either of those teams would beat San Francisco in San Francisco is a whole different story, though. I am not going to put the Vikings over the 49ers. Um, Kirk Cousins folds under pressure. I don't want to bet on him. So I would say I would say the 49ers and the Packers are very, very close behind the Saints. Um, but I'd probably give the edge to Green Bay just because they do have Aaron Rodgers, you know, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And in the AFC after the Patriots and Chiefs, who has the best chance to knock one of those two out and make the AFC championship game? <laughs> it's really difficult for me to say anybody, honestly. Like looking at the teams, I'm not excited about the Colts. Um, Jacoby Brissett's been decent, but that defense is it, there, there's nothing elite about that team that says we're going to win a Super Bowl. Uh, the Ravens leading the their offensive line is amazing. Their defense is pretty good. But just go ahead and say it, man. It's, it's Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I'm not saying Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I'm just messing. It's not Gardner Minshew. It's probably the Bills, to be honest. I'm not saying the Ravens because, no, um, that, that division is just terrible. Yes. Yeah, it, it's really tough. The Bills, I guess, would be the team I would say because the Bills were the only team that gave the Patriots a run for their money. And if that defense is on, like defense can win championships. And uh, in today's NFL, it's unlikely, which is why I don't have the Bills over the Chiefs or the Patriots. But they're a team that 
can definitely, definitely, like, if they show up with their A game, they can win. The only way it's happening is if it's an absolute blizzard. And you've got Frank Gore, the absolute monster <laughs> in the snow, and Josh Allen with those big old hands. That's why they drafted him. In case it gets cold in Buffalo and he has to throw the ball in the snow. That's, like, the only reason they drafted him, so... Snow game, a snow game. I'm taking Josh Allen and Frank Gore over the Patriots. <laughs> Is that why the Patriots went out and got Mohamed Sanu? I don't know. Is he good in the snow or something? I mean, he could throw. He's like the best passer in NFL history in terms of like QB rating. All right, Jags, that's all for today's show. That was a lot of fun, man. We need to go a little bit off course every once in a while, just at the end of the show so that everyone can get their fantasy fix and we can have our fun. Absolutely. It kind of takes us a little bit away from what we've been talking about for the past, you know, I don't know, three months. So yeah, definitely dig it. All right, guys, and I want to say thanks to the sponsors of today's show. Get yourself a new sofa. Get rid of the lumpy one. $75 off a new sofa by going to burrow.com slash fantasy pros. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash fantasy pros. And guys, I was not joking. Tags, it was not exaggerating. These Paul Frederick shirts are really comfortable. You can get $50 off any shirt by going to paulfrederick.com slash fantasy pros. Don't forget to sign up for our Julian Edelman helmet giveaway. Um, that's at fantasypros.com slash contest. And also make sure to check out FanDuel because if you're a new user, you're going to get $20 in site credit when you deposit $20. Go to fanduel.com slash fantasy pros or download the FanDuel app. Daily fantasy is awesome, isn't it, Tex? Absolutely. All right, guys, that's all for today's show. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.